Well, it's here. Episode number one of A Cut Above Horror Review, the podcast with your host, Jacqueline Hydraberg and myself. And just want to wish you a happy 4th of July. We're kicking this thing off very undercooked. No, not the review of the movie so far, but it's a 2016 French Dutch movie called Raw. This is Hydraberg's pick. We want to thank you so much for all the love we've gotten on our uh, social media so far. We haven't even started yet, but hopefully you can stick around, have a good time, enjoy each and every week of what we bring to you because we love horror movies. So thank you and welcome to a cut above a horror review starting now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and this is our inaugural episode. Tonight we'll be discussing the film Raw from 2016. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. I'll start with Hydraberg. How you doing, Hydraberg? Going on, guys. Congratulations. Congratulations to you, us, yes. <laughs> How's it going? How are you feeling on our first episode? I'm good. Uh, being good. recorded this on 4th of pick. July. This is your pick? Uh, yeah, it's a great American movie. Uh, <laughs> it's about the fourth American yes. pride. Oh, yes. Very, very America up in this movie. All right. Well, glad to have you on the show, Hydraberg. And next we have John with us. How you doing, John? Uh, America. I'm, America. I'm, wearing my, I'm wearing my American. Uh, yeah, I know. You look like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, you do. Born in the USA. That was, was an interesting impression. Born. And I'm gonna throw up because I made me watch this movie. <laughs> okay, no barfing on Fourth of July. That's Unless not alcohol too many, induced. Too many hot dogs. <laughs> yes, only hot dog and alcohol induced barfing on this show. Might be alcohol induced and other stuff that I watched earlier today. I don't think we need to know about that. <laughs> no, I watched this movie. That's what made me want to go. <clears throat> oh, this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll give I, us I the details. I texted you guys. I, I was just like, unbelievable. What? And I'd seen this movie before, and I guess there were some scenes I actually remembered. But, man, there were, there's like three things that really bothered me, and we'll get into it. But, yeah, guys, I, I, I actually want to get in. I, I, I want to start us off the right way. This yes. is our very first episode. Um, let's be honest. We, us three are complete strangers. Yeah, we don't actually know each other in real life. Right. In the physical. Correct. Right. You know, and we listen to other podcasts talking specifically about the Straight Chilling podcast. And we've all come together. And, you know, previous to officially launching here is that that we've actually watched movies not together, but we've watched them individually come together and talk about it. And our chemistry is so great. And the, the point I want to make with this is that the horror movie community is so loving and so open. And so I can, I can meet a guy from New York. I can meet a woman from Florida who currently is in North Carolina and I'm from Wisconsin right now. And we could all come together and have this wonderful discussion about horror movies, be friends and give each other shit about it. That it's just, this has been wonderful. And I'm so I'm thrilled. Like my heart is pounding right now. I'm so excited. You know, I'll tell you, honestly, I came from another podcast, uh, the Horrorphoria podcast, Andy, my, my former co-host, 
he and I are still great friends, but the one thing that we always had and that we have right now is we gel. We, we, we come together for this genre, which people have looked down on. Oh yeah. I'll give you a virtual hug for sure. Oh, come here. America. Thank you. Uh, that, that was soothing. Uh, but seriously, I, I just, I, I looked at it and it's just, you know, you guys past couple of weeks of us just discussing stuff. It's, it's felt wonderful. Yeah. I, I totally agree with everything you said. You're making me a little emotional here, Don, but Sorry. I agree with everything <laughs> you said and it's kind of funny, but yeah, you know, I think we're, we're getting to know each other over the past several weeks and it's kind of funny that talking about horror movies together is the vehicle through which we're getting to know each other. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's one way to get to know who we are as people and finding out that we're really bonding over it. So yeah. it's, it's pretty rad. So in a way, like if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to us, you know, strengthening a friendship and building something more than just, you know, a discussion about horror movies. And I think that's what the horror movie, horror movie community is, is that, that that no one will ever criticize you. You know, somebody will disagree with your opinion, opinion about a movie or whatever. But, but look at the actors and directors who have launched this format and it's become such a huge thing now. But, you know, you have actors and, and producers and writers that have always stayed in the genre because they love it so much because it's such an yeah. encompassing community. Yeah, it's home for them. And, and I think a way that is difficult to find in other genres. Like you don't find communities built around comedy movies or, um, you know, dramas or whatever. I mean, I think, I think the only rival would maybe be like the sci-fi community, but I think that that's, there's even bleed over. Yeah. But I think that there's bleed over between that. So I think it's kind of part of, part of the same family, part of the same group. Like they're, they're related. There's no comedy, romantic comedy conventions. Right. Exactly. There are horror conventions. Yeah, and so fans to the genre are loyal and tend to be close knit, and I think that there's less gatekeepers. I hope I hope so. I feel. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't any. There are. There are some, but in my experience, I think they've been. There have been few, you know, and like we don't need the community that we met in. There's not too many that I can even think of. Yeah, like this the straight yeah, chillin' fan character. community of that podcast. Like shout out to those like, guys. <laughs> sh- major shout out to those guys. Like we all right, like, you know. we all love and respect those guys a we, lot. We it's, do, we do. it's kind of like it's how we came together. Um but uh yeah, so the this this is just a vehicle for us getting to know each other and bond. And you guys are gonna uh by you guys i mean the audience you guys will witness that friendship growing as as you listen to us talk about horror movies over the next whoever knows how long forever until ever until we're in the grave ever i mean i don't see anything to stop us so why not you guys are stuck with me i'm sorry (laughs) oh no so i'm curious jacqueline what what was what was the first horror movie maybe two horror movies that you first watch where you go, I love this genre. Well, I, I would actually have to say it goes, it, it, there's a lot that comes before even seeing my first horror movies. Okay. Um, so I was always, as a child, I, I think I was just always interested in things that were dark and unsettling, even if they didn't necessarily qualify as horror. The first time I remember actually being frightened by something but like enjoying it kind of at the same time was uh, watching unsolved mysteries with my parents um, in like 
I'm guessing like probably the it late did. 80s. Yeah, the late 80s. And I remember that was the first time I was freaked out enough that I couldn't go to sleep. And my mom was up, you know, half the night with me trying to get me calmed down because something scary happened. And I was freaked out. And then I, I would read those teen Fear Street novels by R.L. Stein. Um, Goosebumps was after my time. So I was too old for that by then. And then um, and I started reading Stephen King at age 12. I was really into that. I uh, got some strange looks from older you know, adults. And then I think the first horror movie that I saw that I can actually remember was Carrie, mm. watching Carrie with my mom because I had seen a, a still shot of it in some like 17 magazine. I think it was maybe like the prom issue or something. I saw a picture of this girl drenched in blood, but she had a really pretty dress. On. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to see it. And luckily my mom was cool enough that she was like, all right, I think we can watch that. And, uh, and so we did. And I think that was the start for me. Okay. And then I think shortly after that came The Shining. And that was something else. That was just something oh, that else. That was pretty young too. Yeah. yeah. So very, I think those two movies are very influential in terms of my taste and like what I think is unsettling and what I think is engaging. Do you still fight? Do you, do you hold a nostalgia glasses for those ones that were it's just like nobody ever, nobody ever talks shit about these movies? Not necessarily because, well, Carrie, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot you can say about Carrie that's not positive. Uh, the Shining, as much as I love it and it holds an extremely special place in my heart, I do think it has some problems with it. It's not a perfect movie, but I love it anyway i can i accept its flaws and maybe we'll maybe we'll review that sometime and we can go in depth about that then we can go into a month where it's like our favorite horror movies and then see what other people think of it Hyderberg, what what influenced you into horror or what are the movies or books or whatever uh kind of like like my mom believe it or not i've let, i've met a lot of men actually that have had women being the influence on them absolutely liking horror um she liked to be scared, but didn't like to be scared. <laughs> so kind of you know, like watching watch horror, but she would watch it through her hands. <laughs> yeah. But she got me into it. And I, you know, also through like literature, I guess when I was younger, things that like kind of spooked me. And I, I guess I just kind of liked that feeling of being scared. It made you feel something while viewing. Yeah. You know, you sort of liked it. The more we watch, the less we get that feeling. You yeah. Know, so I think I feel like a movie like tonight's for me, it gave me a, a feeling. That's kind of why I picked it. Oh, nice. That's why it's been on my mind since I've seen it. Give me a yeah, visual my, my mom introduced me. I, I would have to say maybe Nightmare on Elm Street, the Twilight Zone movie. Nice. Or some early things that I remember. Like, I remember the Dan Aykroyd scene when he's like, you want to see something really scary? And he turns into that. Like, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Understandably. My mom showed me, like, The Exorcist when I was, like, 10. Oh. And that stuck <laughs> with me. I, I didn't want to pee in the bathroom with the lights off, like, for months like or anything like i was scared shit that's that's a pretty tender age to watch the exorcist i think <laughs> yeah also Wee herman that scene with large marge, large like, marge? Yeah. that scene bugged me out as a kid i didn't expect it it made me feel a certain way before i knew that they were moving like you know a genre of films that would make me feel like that yeah there's definitely like a dark dark undertone or something to Wee. Yeah, it almost seemed like it almost seemed like the '80s kind of like forgot that it's that they you know even the Goonies was that, that well, kind of one of my favorite movies. 
And but the Goonies had, even though it was a PG movie back in the eighties, they they had some adult content in there. You know, well, I mean? there was no PG thirteen, so PG no, had to encompass some uh, you know older material. The Hyderberg, something that you said really rang true for me, which is that as horror fans, that feeling that we're seeking out, that thrill, lessens and lessens the more we watch. And so it's, yeah. I almost feel like it's kind of a we're kind of like junkies because we had bit. this we had this initial reaction in our youth. That we're always trying to chase again but because we consume so much content it's really hard to get that movies like Serbian again. film get fucking pushed around like it's you know yeah like something i i yeah i i agree with you jacqueline to to a little bit of an extent because i think with horror movies it's like finding that that one thing that you love and you can always go to it's always mm-hmm. your comfort zone and you're not going to get the thrill that you got when you were 10 years old, when you watched a movie, right. but, but you get enjoyment out of it. Yes. hundred percent. You can look at it with a more critical eye, but it's just because you're an adult. It's, a, it's just about growing up. But I also think that it's just a matter of you love it. Cause I don't, I don't get off on dramas. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like seek out dramas, but I, if I see a good trailer for a horror movie, I seek that out. And I, I actually, I'm very interested to go see it, even if it sucks. Yeah. You, you know, for some people that love dramas or rom-coms or action movies, because I wasn't always in that. I was never an action movie guy. I, I watched Predator and Rambo and stuff like that. But I never s- s- sought it out when I went to Blockbuster. Or I saw something right. at the theater. I, I wanted to go see the horror movie. Yeah, man. As I got older, it was just like, it's funny, huh? I don't want to go see Marvel. I want to go see The Conjuring, you know, like uh, we were talking yeah. about a couple of weeks ago. It's like, I want to go see that new Conjuring movie, even if it sucks. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's true, too. I think as horror fans, we also are kind of impervious to like reviews to a certain extent. And we want to we want to like consume as much as we can and form our own judgment. I feel yeah. like it's the one genre where you can take the good and the bad and enjoy them both where. Yeah, a shitty action movie kind of just sucks. Yeah, but a shitty horror movie can be fun. It can be you can Lovable. rag on it with your friends. It's a, it can literally be a, a topic of conversation. Like, yeah, how many other yeah, times have you heard sure. another? Yeah, how many other? Why times do you think we love heard? Joe Bob so much? Yeah. You heard a podcast <laughs> talk about this storyline was terrible, but the kills were fantastic. So there, yeah. I mean, there's two sides of the story. Yeah. It's not yeah. this and love story and this horror. I feel like consuming. It more of it than any other genre oh yeah right even like i'm like oh what horror movie i haven't seen that one yet i want to see it or yeah oh do they have the do they have the rom-com channel they don't no there's rom-com uh horror movies too so Uh, it's true rom-com rom-com zom-com Wrong. But they, they don't have a, they don't have a specific channel for the wrong right no, they've right. got shutter for specific horror movies yep. yeah definitely so john what about you what were some of your earliest exposures and influences what made you love this genre it's very specific i was six years old so it was uh, i'm gonna date myself because i'm 45 right now so i was born in 1976 in 1982 i saw this one movie on it was tbs at the time called halloween from 1978 so i would have been two when I came <laughs> I know. um it was edited for content obviously right. um i had four other brothers so um you know everybody was like in different parts of the house so that i had this little 13 inch vhs combo tv which was 13 inches 
and we had the the antenna, the rabbit ear things, and it came in, and I watched it six years old all the way through. I was supposed to go to bed because it came on at like nine o'clock. My bedtime was eight. And I watched the whole thing. So came on nine o'clock. It was over at 11 o'clock, uh, 1101. I was in my parents' room because I was so scared of Michael Aww. Myers. <laughs> I was so scared. The music I, alone in that movie could just scare a kid. Fucked me up. I mean, it was just, it, it was so jarring to me that I was, I, I was sitting on my floor like, like you see any other little kid watching a TV and just drawn to it. And I was scared shitless, but I remember going to my parents' room and I, I stayed with them, but I ended up back in my bed. So they obviously carried me back to my bed, but I remember waking up the next day. It's like, I want to see that movie again. I want to see Halloween again. Michael Myers scares me. And I want to get over that. Like I have a fear of heights, but anytime I go to a high place. I try to get over that fear, but I always have that anxiety. You know what I mean? Where, where, yeah. where you feel, but like, that was the first thing that made me love horror movies. Cause I had such a fear of this guy just walking around and uh, Hydraberg. I think you're right. I think it was the music that really just kind of scared me. And that was just like, absolutely. I've never heard this thing. That film. Yeah. And I, I think it's, up so well. yeah, as a, as an adult, you know, it's still kind of like, you're kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm good. Um, but no, I mean, that, that that was my first thing of, because I was a timid little, I was a fat, chubby little guy. So it was just, but that was my first thing where I was like, yeah, horror movies are mine. And every time we went to Blockbuster, I would go to the horror movie section. John, where are you? Uh, I'm over here. <laughs> my uh -huh. Our movies have some of the best artwork on the- uh, Oh my God. True yeah. story. And they elicit an emotion out of yeah. you as a kid there were certain movies that i had never seen as a kid but they scared the shit out of me when they were on the show i think yes. we should talk about and that sometimes next the week. artwork itself had nothing to do with the movie yeah i i think we need to talk about that next week because obviously we're going to start getting into the movie but i think we need to talk about like the, the the going to a video store and looking at the box and going oh yeah that looks and a lot awesome. of times in a mom and pop like video store like the horror section was in the back towards like the adult video section too so oh, it was really? like taboo you were in like a you know you're a young kid you're in the horror section like well being yeah, it in feels so dangerous yeah, it feels yeah, a little southern, forbidden southern california they they had like the way they had it set up was like a big opening as you walked in like it, it like almost like a u and Blockbuster obviously didn't have. I'm not talking about films. Blockbuster, just mom and pop places. Mom and pop places. Yeah. See, I haven't been in very many of those. Yeah, mom and pops, they had a lot of them in New York, but then Blockbuster yeah. came through. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, I just want to say one thing. Um, you guys were talking about the music in Halloween, and regarding Unsolved Mysteries, that was it for me too. That shit was scary. Bum, 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 bum. Remember, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy had a show too that was like sci-fi, Bigfoot sort of stuff too. Oh, Alien. I, don't I don't know about that one. Was that yeah, late 80s, early 90s? It was late 80s, I want to say. It was, it, I think it aired like along with Unsolved Mysteries. I couldn't remember the name of it. I was trying to Google it before. Well, Robert Stack was the shit as the yes. host. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one can beat him. No, no, no. So we go to Omaha, Nebraska. Cavity search. Here's what we do. Just hearing and his voice. <laughs> it still freaks me out I, you know they have the old episodes on netflix now and you can go back and watch or on uh, amazon prime i think and you can go back and watch the old episodes and seeing robert stack hearing his voice hearing that music still gets me that, but anyway that's neither here nor there 
I'm going to be up late tonight, John. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that was like people's take, you know, on like uh, like crime dramas or like uh, true crime. You know what I mean? Like before it was yeah. a big thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like the now, early incarnation of that. You know, that TV. sort of that sort of tweaked that little that part of your your nerves. Yeah, because it's still right. unsolved. Yeah, still out there. And it's still from Wisconsin. Each episode, podcaster disappears oh, on unsolved mysteries. Sorry, that was terrible. That was terrible. I said, um, "Well, you're the one in Wisconsin, so I'm not going to be worried about that." Yeah, I know. That's anyway. I, was thinking, I was like, "He's not talking about me." No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> talking about you. No, they like cheese and beer out here for sure. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you guys anyway, ready? You ready for some horror movie news? Let's get into it. What you got, John? All right, we're ready for more streaming services. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, no, my wallet's up. Well, Roku is launching Bayview Entertainment. So uh, okay. they've got over 400 films in every genre, including horror. I looked up the horror movies and I said, who gives a shit? Because there was nothing <laughs> on there interesting. Uh, a couple of upcoming movies, Escape Room Tournament of Champions, July 16th. I saw the trailer for that. Was it good? Uh, did you like Escape Room? I didn't see it. It's the uh, sequel to, from The Boys Covered It. It's okay. Oh. All right. Uh, it was great like a PG-13 Saw movie. <laughs> was it really? Uh, we got another shark movie coming out called Great White coming out July 16th. I'm all over that. I will be there for that. I love a shark movie, even if it's bad. I think the one movie that I'm really, really looking forward to is uh, A23's The Green Knight with Deb Patel. Yes. Yeah, I want to yes. see that. That is coming out. Uh, I did see the trailer to that. That is coming out. As a D&D lover. <laughs> well, like, of that course. Movie. You're all about it? Yeah. So that hits my horror buttons and my English teacher buttons. So I'm pretty excited about that one. I, nice. I don't. I don't think that one's gonna just be like straight horror. I feel like that's definitely leaning into like dark fantasy. Yeah, but, but that's, that's okay. It. That's, that's okay. what the lighthouse maybe, did. Though. Uh, yeah, it looks know, like or, a mishmash. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I hope it it's good. It looks like a, a a fantasy version of the lighthouse. Yeah, that's. What I feel like people might shit on it if they go into it thinking it's gonna be straight horror. Like, I hope not. Or yeah, interpretive like it looks I really think, good. I think one of the most dangerous things is going into like a, a highly anticipated movie with any kind of particular I, expectations. And and you I mentioned think, the lighthouse, and that was one of my favorite theater uh, like goings uh, of uh, when did that come out? Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I went to see it by myself in like an old theater with like not the reclining leather seats or any of that stuff. Yeah. Ooh, that that must have been cool. Sticky floor and non-stadium seating. The first time that Defoe's character farts <laughs> so loud that I forgot that I was with people, right? So I just I kind of laughed like I would in my living room. And everybody looked back at me and then like kind of laughed a little bit with me because they were like, oh, it's okay because he laughed. Yeah, they should. So I can like, laugh at like fart humor. We're all sure, children. Everybody should. We're all children at heart when somebody farts laugh. Yeah. Come on. It's fucking funny. And that movie is excellent, so... Yeah. yeah. So, so the Green Knight's coming out July 30th. So at the end of the month, and nice. we found out that our buddy Joe Bob Riggs coming back for the last drive-in for season number four. Excellent. Yeah, he's probably going to do another holiday special soon for yeah. Halloween and/or like Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would expect him to for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do at least three more by the end of the year. So it'll be Halloween, Thanksgiving, and. Christmas and then probably do a Valentine's Day one and then I couldn't make as many as the Joe Bob's this year. It kind of sucked. I have D and D on Fridays. Yeah, I couldn't. And some of them I did make and I fell asleep early, like Bob. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't make as many of them this season either because I had like, you know, a baby. But, um, yeah. yeah moving, no excuses, but... Jacqueline. You need to be there. I'm just kidding. That was <laughs> but maybe for season four, you know, I'll, I'll, my sleep schedule will be more reasonable. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I couldn't because I, I started a new job. So I work three to 11 most days, uh, most five days a week. So I'm home at 11 on Fridays and I'm tired. Yeah. You don't want to sit around for three hours watching all kinds of stuff after that. All right. Any other um, news? Uh, I think we're good. Uh, we're ready. Did you guys see the, real quick? Did you see the Candyman trailer? The new one? Yes. It looks good. Got it's it. leaning in a different direction. I cannot wait for that movie. And I mean, we've been waiting a long time for it. So this movie better be bomb. It looks like it's retconning his back, his backstory, or that's just like the, the newer version that the urban neighborhood has put together over time. Right. It's sort of been like modernized, hit the story of it. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the second background different. Yeah. Didn't the second one back in the nineties, isn't that the one that kind of leaned into his, his, uh, his backstory. I don't remember first the second one. one very well. second, first the one first did one, a little bit. The first one tells a story. The guy, you know, the, the professor at the table who kind of in, uh, enlightens the grad students and tells a story, but it takes all of like five minutes. I don't, yeah, I don't remember how the much they one. go into it in the second one, but yeah. that's not really a movie that has been, you know, on repeat for me. <laughs> no, no that, that's, that's actually one of those movies that I watched when I was younger that stuck with me. It made me feel, I got scared from Candyman. Oh, Candyman! Yeah, I, I would meant Candyman too. It was like, like a not a not a high rewatch factor. Oh, that scared um, me. Candyman scared me shitless, actually. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing Jacob's Ladder when I was young too, and that like I didn't even understand that film that well. Yeah, that's a trip. Yeah. Talk about anyway. alter, ulterior. Uh, Have you guys watched alter- anything good lately? At all? God, I haven't watched much of anything. I actually started watching Mother's Day. Like speaking of Joe Bob, because I'm finally trying to catch back up. Yeah. Relationship so original, issues. So. Yeah. <laughs> the original trauma uh, one? Yes. Okay. That movie's not bad. It was kind There's of some fun. scenes in that movie that definitely, uh, they're kind of intense. Yeah, it almost seemed like uh, the, uh, Wes Craven took from when he, didn't he do the remake or do the remake of uh, Hills Have Eyes? He, had, he did the original. That was Alexander Aja, I think. Okay, so I, it looked to The French me, guy. Yeah, it looked to me that Alexander took from Mother's Day and then kind of brought it into the remake and then probably wrong turn and stuff like that, just, you know, mm. with the idea of Mother's Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't That's seen that nice. remake, so I'll have to have to check that one out. What, Joe Bob. Yeah, the Mother's Day. Yeah, one. Mother's Day. Right, yeah, there, that one. He showed the original, not the remake. Yeah, right? it, it was there's a, there's a remake of Mother's Day. I've seen the original. I have not seen the remake. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. We're ready to jump in. <laughs> Gosh, this is our first time doing it. Hydraberg's yeah. reach around plot. Wait, whose pick was this? This Hydraberg. is my pick. Hydraberg. Well, before you give us the reach around, you want to tell us why you picked this film? Uh, yeah, the movie's called Raw. It's from 2016. Um, it has an original title, but I didn't want to say that in case it was part of your trivia. It's not. Okay. Uh, originally, <laughs> in IMDb, it says it's called Grave, which I like Raw better anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I don't know. I've seen this movie once, um, either streaming or I rented it when it first came to like home release. And uh, it made me feel a certain way. Uh, I think I streamed it. And um, I felt like 
uncomfortable watching it the first time and I enjoyed it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't process it as much. Like I just remember feeling something from it and that's rare with a lot of films, yeah. you know, and um, especially in horror, you get desensitized. So like, I, I remember it just, I just always remember it. And it's always just sort of been in the back of my mind as like a movie, like, Hey, you want to watch something different? Watch Roll, you know? All right. Cool. cool. All yeah. right. You ready to give us the reach around plot synopsis? Yeah, I'm ready to give you guys a retrap. I got both hands free. <laughs> We're ready. Um, uh, just is it Justine? Justine. Justine. Yeah. yeah, Justine is a is at a prime age of self discovery, attending university for the first time to become a veterinarian. Her and her family are all vegetarians by choice, we think, but come to find out by necessity, because in the weeks that follow, Justine will find out you are what you eat, and in her case, she's only human. <laughs> Oh, 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 I see what you did there. Oh. I see what you did there. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to throw out the spoiler real quick. Okay, we're talking about Raw from 2016. Uh, in its entirety, if you have not seen this movie, uh, I actually caught it on Prime. I had to purchase it. Um, it's on Tubi. <laughs> okay, I, I missed that. So if you have not seen this uh, movie, <laughs> pause podcast, go watch it, find out what we thought about it. I guess we're going to do initial thoughts. Uh, Jacqueline, you want to start? Sure. Um, yeah, I think I've never seen it. I had not seen it before, and so actually, um, in preparation for this episode, I watched it twice, um, which I find is usually uh, helpful for allowing me to kind of gather my thoughts together and me notice too, things that maybe I didn't notice the first time around, or just have kind of a more coherent idea about um, about what I thought of the movie. Um, first impressions were. Uh, this seemed to kind of fall into a similar little subgroup of movies that would include things like Jennifer's Body, Ginger Snaps. Yeah, I can see that one. Carrie, you know, like going back to my my roots there. Um, So the first time through, you know, it's kind of just like, I don't think I was picking up on every little thing. But the second time around, I, I feel like I got a lot more out of it. And rather than feeling derivative of those other movies, I thought it, like kind of held a high place of honor among them. So my feelings were overall positive. I thought it was creative, had some really um, cool, interesting set pieces, um, you know, scenes that showed me things I didn't expect to see. And one real good way to win me over with the movie is show me something I've never seen before. So uh, there were there at least one or, one or two little things in here that, 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 um, got me good. So never seen a Brazilian wax on film before. So. <laughs> that, yeah, that you ever, I, seen, I have not you ever seen. seen the forty-year-old virgin? Come on. Yeah, that's <laughs> different. that was real though, actually. So that it was, was him actually getting his hair. Um, I can only hope and pray that this bikini wax was not real. So <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was or wasn't. I, I was like, uh, my 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 strong guess would be that it was not. So okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. this movie really. is definitely not for the faint of heart, by the way. Also, if you're watching it, like you're going to watch it. Yeah. So overall, I think I had positive feelings about it, but I'll, I'll reserve all my, you know, detailed uh, commentary for after, after we get into it some more. Uh, Hydroberg, what about you? I am pretty positive on this film. I do recommend it. Um, that's why I picked it. It, uh, it elicits emo- an emotion or, uh, or a feeling out of you. In my opinion, it's a I, like I don't want to get into my review yet, but it's very poignant. I feel like it's a coming of age uh, story and a uh, set in a cannibal story as well. But it's it's a totally different take on it. 
and yeah. um, it's very relatable. Just like the like most of the characters that you have, they feel like um, very human. Not, yes. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I agree. John, your thoughts? Well, I my first question would be to you, Jacqueline. Is that it, like Ginger Snaps? Like to me, that felt like a very much women empowerment movie. Even mm-hmm. though it was made by a guy, this this movie was made by a woman. Mm-hmm. Did this movie feel that way to you as well? Did it feel empowering? Yeah. I mean, did, did it give that perspective of, you know, you have some dipshit guy that's, you know, making a movie of what he thinks of what, you know, uh, of, of, you know, maybe um, coming into adulthood or what it's like for a woman to come into adulthood or, or because there is that social commentary on this, on this movie. Yeah, and this is right? a French film too. So like their social commentary would be different than... Absolutely. But I, yeah. I, I think it's universal of, of when you come out of your shell, you know, you yeah. may be the shy yeah. person. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's those, you know, the big overtones, the big theme is that we're vegetarians, but we're actually not. I never mm-hmm. felt like this film had an agenda either. It didn't feel like, no, no, no. It didn't no, it all like, felt natural. It just felt like, like this almost felt like, you know, something I didn't understand but I enjoyed like, like, like I'm getting a different perspective of not some jackass white guy saying, you know, this is, this is what it's like to, to come out of your shell as a, a you know, a, a, of growing up, you know, of mm-hmm. being in college and, and, and kind of coming into your own, you know, it's not, it's not maturity because you mature, but you, you become an adult, you become who you are. Self-discovery. Um, like a, a that, that's the perfect word. I, I guess I, that's the word I was looking for is self-discovery. Of who she's finding herself, are. but she's also finding out other things about her family. That's that how I felt, which is, which is why I wanted to ask, ask Jacqueline is like, did you kind of get that? Yeah. That, that so was, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're, please, floor is yours. Yeah. So uh, I, that's, that's a complex question, but I'll, I'll like to be as simple as possible, I think, yes, I think this movie is um, empowering in that it, it explores a lot of things that I think are happening simultaneously with this main character. Um, so it's somewhere I read that this character is supposed to be 16, which seems really young to be going to university, but she's she's also supposed to be some kind of prodigy or superstar yeah, student. Yeah, I was going to say they so, do tout her yeah. as being very smart. Yeah, uh, so she's she's her reputation precedes her before she even gets to this school. But so she's she's young, but you know she's we know she's a virgin, and she has been a lifelong vegetarian, and so she's experiencing a sexual awakening. Yeah, she's experiencing um, a new social environment in which she's striving to fit in, despite certain aspects of her that are uh, like clearly different from others. Um, we see her struggling in her relationship with her sister, which is a relationship that I really want to like talk about. Yeah, it's very um, she's struggling against the very reputation that has preceded her. We see this asshole professor who basically like openly admits that he wants to like hold her back because she's too good. Because she's talented. Yeah. And um, I believe her parents fact, attended this university too. They did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 
And so, yeah, I think that it is, it, the, this film successfully explores all of those things and kind of synthesizes them. And what I like about it is that it's not just about sexual awakening, because I think that gets kind of tired because we yeah. do see that over and over again in like Jennifer's body where that's like so obvious. And I love Jennifer's body, but that's not necessarily as complex of a film. More about Justine's reaction to her situation and her new... In her self-discovery and yeah, everything that's going on around her. Like she's she's discovering sides of herself that she didn't know were there, but she, like she, to a certain extent, she embraces them at times, but she's also disgusted. Um, but going back to something you asked me originally, John, when you're like comparing it to say um, Ginger Snaps, I actually think Ginger Snaps is really successful. And that, that was a male director. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I think Ginger Snaps does a great job with that too. I love Ginger Snaps. And so I, I like don't have any, I don't have anything bad to say about that. I don't feel like misunderstood as a female when I watch Ginger Snaps. I feel like I really identify with those characters yeah. when I watch that movie. So I have not, uh, this movie succeeds, but at no like expense of to, you know to Ginger Snaps for having been written and directed by a man. I can right. see John asking because the subject matter in this one is a little bit stronger. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was just Heidelberg and I just talking about this movie, I mean, and and this is kind of why I wanted to get your insight on it. And it you, nice made per- you made perfect sense on that. And again, it's just like like more for me of how you felt about it. You know, yes, I would absolutely recommend this movie, but you mm-hmm. have to have a strong fucking stomach. <laughs> I mean, there are yes. some things in here that you'll see that's just, and it, I, I maybe we should dive more into the movie. I don't know. Do you want to start like with the beginning of the movie a little bit, like some of the setup? Because like we skip. Oh. Like I like the beginning. Yeah, uh-huh. that's fine. That's okay. Fine. As far as like, ahead, man. like a well filmed movie, like I like the. Uh, the whole stretch of road sequence with the girl walking up, which I'm assuming is a- Alex or Alexia and her oh, the sister, yeah. making the cars crash in order yeah. to feed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to leave an accident and then feed off of it. Um, you see that. And then it just cuts to raw in big, bold letters. And uh, yeah. I believe they're like, uh, what are they red with black lettering? I mean, mm-hmm. black background. I think yeah. So. I think it's like all red with a little black. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. in the end, I remember the end switches it. Yeah. But um, I just felt like that was re- like that that stretch of road was a cool set piece, and yes. a lot happens there. Like it's not not a lot of scenes happen there, but the scenes that happen there, it's like meaningful. The the cinematography to me was like really um, fantastic. Really throughout. good. Yeah, I mean throughout the movie, I mean it was just one of the best features. Felt. It just felt like it was at some dingy veterinary yeah, university. Yeah, my notes. Like it's throughout that, and like realistic. Yeah, and, and it did, and I I love the fact that they said it kind of in fall, or it looked like it was fall. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's a little cool. The sky's yeah. a little gray. It's not like the bright, cheery atmosphere. Yeah, like they and, start out, they show her like eating, right, and you see that like right away that like they're vegetarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gets that piece of sausage and her potatoes she's only eating vegetables the meatball <laughs> and like she spits it out yeah meatball or sausage or whatever and like her mom complains about it you know and then, like she seems really anxious on the way to school which is like natural you know what I mean she's like a young girl especially if she's 16 like if that's really something they don't really say that in the movie yeah I just read that somewhere I don't know the, no, how accurate that is backstory yeah. or whatever then that wouldn't yeah. even make me more anxious 
Something yeah. I like about this movie is that they do a lot of showing and very, very little telling. Like, I feel like we don't really fully know what's going, what's really going on in this movie until the very, very end. We don't have the complete picture until literally the last scene where she's talking with her dad. Um, and so the second watch, then you kind of know more what's going on. You're like, okay, now I see why this piece fits. And so- Can you but see there, in the very beginning? Yeah, let me, let me give we, you an example of, of how it just, it, it's always going is that she first gets to the dorm, she's sleeping, her, her yeah. roommate Adrian right. comes in and he's he has a ski pole and he's like, you know, hey, what's going on? And, and That's funny, I thought you were, a ski pole. Yeah. And, <laughs> I didn't even you know, think about that until you just said that. Yeah. Hey, you need to get up. I thought I, I wanted a room with a girl. And he's like, I'm, I'm homosexual. You know, yeah, they consider said, me the same. So they figure it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, and all these guys come in like bum rushing because they're the... Like a hazing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Like a, they call them rookies. They throw yeah. their bedding outside the windows. Yeah. And they rush well, them I, in the hallways and then down to like the sub-basements. And I have to say, even that scene was like pretty Where are the scary, scary in terms of like social anxiety. Like... They're wearing lab coats with like graffiti on them and like masks and stuff like that. And they're just like barking orders, pushing around half naked. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go through like a hazing thing like that when I went to college. But (laughs) honestly, if people had like barged into my room in the middle of the night, blaring horns and like screaming at me and throwing all my shit out the window. I think Almost assaulting you. I mean, seriously, almost assaulting you because they're pushing them out of the room. Yeah, like that's pretty scary because yep. you don't know Down what the they're going to do or elevator. what they're going to make you do. I mean, yeah. that's, I like, that they kind come of triggered some like, social anxiety. To, like crawl all around yeah. until they reach those double doors that open so, and it's like a rave. So yeah. mean. Yeah. I so mean, that, mean, that part was cool. But <laughs> well, it was fun, but I mean, it was. As like, long as it, was, it ends in a rave, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, and, and that I, I think that was your curveball, though. I mean, it was just like, okay, so you're calling here. Welcome to school. Yeah. yeah. Okay, party time. Fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get introduced to her sister. You know, there's like a continuous shot too that's really beautiful that goes through the rave. And like um you see Justine's like awe of everything, you know, because she's so young and like she plays young and innocent really well in this movie. I don't know the actress that well, but she does a really good job. This was her first like leading role. It's her first yeah, major role. She kills it in my opinion. That's part of my notes at the end. Yeah, but her, but her, her character turn at the end of the movie is like fantastic too because she just becomes this badass, you know, like when she's sitting in the closet. Oh, she like Jacqueline said, she starts coming up. into her own both as a woman and um, her empowerment, her sexuality, her her hunger as well. She's mm-hmm. balancing a lot of different feelings. And I just want to let everybody know all this popping is at Hyderberg's house because he's hearing fireworks. Oh, is that what that is? I live on the East Coast, so yeah, exactly. No, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Basically, I want a shirt. I want a shirt. I want a shirt with her quote on it. That says, "It's my pussy." Yeah, yeah. Remember when she says that? When <laughs> right before she kicks her one? sister. So that's yeah. a scene that definitely. Let's make T-shirts, guys. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just the two legs sitting up with the pink panties. <laughs> Maybe yes. the dog sitting and it'll right say, there. It's my pussy. Yeah. And then have the little dog sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. A cut above horror review T-shirt. Oh, thank you. That would make me feel empowered. That, that that's marketing. <laughs> yeah. So she you know what? That's gonna that is gonna the, be uh, that's gonna be our first T-shirt right there. <laughs> You're welcome. We gotta bleep thank some you. of it out, probably. What? 
Like, what? like a letter or something, just so they could tell what. Oh, it is. on the shirt. I thought you meant on the podcast. I'm like, why? No, just just put a star over. No, I don't have either. a problem saying the word pussy. Yeah, but um, I, we're we're fine. We're not on radio. Put a star over the U. You're fine. I believe you be, might need to document the curse words, don't you, or something like that. It could be passy. You yeah, never know. <laughs> anyway, but, um, she meets her sister at the rave, and that's when you start to see like their relationship. Yeah, and it's a it's a weird relationship. I, like Jacqueline, I have a hard time getting a grip on that one. Yeah, you said you well, wanted you to talk. About they might have been close when they were at home, but then Alexia went to college. She's definitely edgier. The other one's like probably smart. The, like Alexia probably had to work hard to get, you know, smart in what she's in, the, being a veterinarian. There's probably a lot of pressure on her. And then like it probably comes naturally to Justine because she's more of like fucking a young, you know, like brainiac, young brainiac, like prodigy think, sort of daily. I think they're they were exactly the same, and they got corrupt, not corrupted, but they came into their own. I believe, yeah, I believe Alexia has come into her own as far as their situation earlier and learned to deal with it on her own, maybe. I think these sisters were closer. I have always been close. And yeah, uh, anybody that's had brothers and sisters, yes, you have sibling rivalries, but these gals always loved each other, always had each other's back. Even when they fought each other in the quad, and I'm jumping way ahead here, they, they, like, like Justine. Well, the scene after, grabbed, grabbed like Alex said. and got her out of there, and and yeah. you know, hey, I'm gonna get you out of here. Yeah, but I don't know about that because like, I feel like you're jumping ahead though. It's, well, I feel like there I'm just are a saying lot that of the clues along the way. Tight. I feel well. I feel like there are a lot of clues along the way where their relationship was really toxic and they did not have each other's backs. I feel like so, their their actual situation, their hunger is kind of what has bonded them the most now as they're, you know, coming out of adolescence or you know, going to, through it and coming out, having come out of it. Like, like you said, there was a little strain maybe in the relationship, but this situation has bonded them by the end of the movie. Right. But like, why? If, because it sounds as though the sister has always indulged in her, you know, carnivorous activity by, based on the monologue that we hear at the end from the dad, that they just always let her quote unquote be herself. That was her so, mom. That was the I mom. I got the idea that, yeah. No, 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 no I, they're talking about the, they're talking right. about Alex. The, the dad is saying the idea like, was that she, she was, was our little different. princess. She, went she was our little home. princess and we, let, we took her everywhere with us and she, we let her do whatever she wanted. So she was always free to just, be herself and so that's why we kind of it kind of got away from us and that's why this happened but the mom was like that the guy well. right but but what i'm in relation to justine never had any inkling um justine never had any inkling of this quality no so that's why um, had, both the kids were raised as vegetarians Right, but Alex has known all along that she has this cannibalistic tendency, and Justine has been kept in the dark the whole time, and so she's only just finding oh, out about it now. And so, why end, has you Alex think all never those bites were from the mother? I feel like we're definitely jumping ahead. That's um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the dad, I think the dad had those scars from the mother. Yeah, from the mother. From the mother. Yeah, but, he, but he also tells us that Alex has always been able to indulge this. And so my question is like, why, 
was this kept a secret from Justine. Like she never knew about this until she, she had that little. prepared for the inevitable. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Alex was allowed. Maybe they to... tried to shelter her from it. They thought they could keep her from it. They re... Maybe she was only raised vegetarian after the first. Yeah. See, I got the feeling that like the sister found out like she did. She went away. She got away from the parents. She ended because like you saw the hazing and see, we skipped ahead. The, the hazing that you had to do in college was you had to eat like a raw piece of meat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Justine eats the raw rabbit kidney, the cadaver right. kidney, whatever. And that, that that's really what starts satiating her, like her hunger. Like it starts getting it going. Her, yeah. Her but it causes a rash for her, like she had an allergic yeah, reaction. Well, her, she had, her body she had, the had same a reaction to it. She, yeah, also, Alex like, had the vegetarians same that don't eat meat when they do eat meat, they get violently mm-hmm. ill sometimes because their body's oh, never okay. really been They're not used to it. Yeah. yeah, and like you and I, our hamburger is like nothing, right? But like them, if you've never eaten it like, before, literally, yeah, their body has a reaction to it. So I'm it just saying, sense. yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, I don't think but, this is necessarily like a bonding quality between them. I think it almost kind of turns them into like competitive animals against each other. Like they're sort of fighting over Adrian to an extent, and and Alex also, I think, does something very cruel to Justine when she films her like taunting her with a, a corpse. Yeah, yeah. And which gets caught on video and humiliates her. And yeah, there's a, there's a dude with his dong hanging out, by the way. Uh, it's a kid oh, ever. wow. I yeah, totally I, didn't even notice that. I was just focused on the corpse. Yeah. Okay, Show so, me a so, corpse and a dong. Which one did I notice? <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw a little I bit of everything in this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm like, just saying I think that there's like some destructive, uh, there's some destructive tendencies in this relationship as well. So can we go back to the the, the very end scene? And, and yeah, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Who cares? You already dropped uh, the spoiler warning. So yeah. yeah. So so when the dad opens his shirt, he was basically saying, "This is what Alex did to me." I thought it, I assumed it was the mother because he, that's, that's what comes I on the, too. This comes on the heels of him talking about their first kiss, and then he has a scar on his lip. Yeah, he's like pointing it or he's scratching it, and then he yeah. like like shows his his daughter. It's like you just need to find yourself. Like a, a compromise or something like that. A solution. You'll. I, a I know sol- you'll find a solution. Is what he says. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah. So so this is a family full of cannibals. <laughs> well, I think the dad. So okay. what's interesting is I think the dad does not have this cannibalistic tendency. No, it's no. just the women in the family. Well, I, I mean, to me, it's crazy because you see that in the when you. Like, like at the very beginning scene of the diner of when they're sitting there and she's eating her mashed potatoes and she, she almost bites into the meatball and, and the mom gets all, yeah, the mom's like, oh my God, you can't be doing that. And then the dad looks disappointed and then he goes, because she looks like, like, like she's terrified. So he, he gets like, to me, he got this sense of relief of, um, you know, maybe, maybe she's not like that. Maybe, you know, maybe before she comes into her own, as we're talking about that, like, oh, okay. So she's not like, so being a vegetarian is fine for her. Hmm. But, but then again, they talk about, you're always sick. You're always ill. Yeah. And then when, when she takes that first taste, you know, she, she's like this animalistic person. And they actually, they said something in the movie is like, uh, they had to put the dog down. God damn it. They, they didn't though. No, they had the dog. Died. Yeah, he said they were. Yeah, he said yeah, they, 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 they at the end of the movie. No, the sister texted and said they. Oh, they had to put. Uh, what is it? So who's the dog at the end of the Wiki. movie? A different dog. Probably. Well, no they they showed they showed a picture of him with his paws out. Like it, no, during the, the end of the end scene at dinner, there's a dog. 
I know, I but that's a different. That I think it's a different dog. Yeah, the, okay. the one that she had at the school was actually German Shepherd. So the yeah, one that I Alex thought that was weird too. You can take your dog to school. Apparently, a French thing. <laughs> I guess we I think they had the most important line, and the dad actually said it outside the hospital. It says, "Once an animal has a taste for blood, it has to be put down." He already knew, I think. Yeah, yeah he's trying to ease that in. And this is after she ate her freaking finger. So can we can we back it up a little bit to some of the sure. gross scenes that gross you out? Because um, no, I, I no, I don't. No. I'm trying to remember what's the first one that really was striking. Uh, the scene where she's being accused for cheating, and she's chewing on her hair nervously, which girls do, right? She's chewing so much incessantly, like she doesn't realize until she has to run in the bathroom, yeah, and throw it up and pull it out of her mouth, and it's so disgusting. It reminded me of that scene in The Ring where Naomi Watts is like pulling that, yeah. str- that gross so one of my string out of her throat. I don't have many, but it's like hair, like clumps of hair in the drain. And like, really? I don't know, like swallowing them is gross. Like when you get hair in your food, it's gross. Like, I don't know. I did not know this. See, yeah, folks, so this is like an example of us getting is, to know each other. Like, I was watching movies. that scene and I was like, it just goes longer and longer than you than you want it to, too. You're like. Get it out of it. It could have been 30 seconds, but like to me, it was like 20 minutes. Oh. Okay. I, I'm <laughs> going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. John's freaked out. The three, <laughs> the threes that bo- three things that bother me the most are seeing a child actually die. So I turn like the things that make me turn my head when you see a child actually die. You know, exactly. what if that child's like a scooter? I don't care. It's a child. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, Gabe from freaking Pet Cemetery. All right. Yeah. You're mean, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like it either. No. Um, it's seeing animals die. It's seeing somebody pull hair all over mouth. Wow, you guys both have a hair thing. I, I there are other scenes that bother me in this movie. I guess too. the ring really gets you, huh? This 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 early, it made me. I couldn't honestly, Jacqueline. I couldn't look at it. I was just another thing that bothers me a lot is cannibalism. Huh? Okay. It's a taboo. I yeah, can watch a monster or a zombie devour another human being. Yeah. As soon as another regular human being, because you know there was a choice made too, like mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you see it in like an apocalypse. So it's like, oh, he didn't have a choice, whatever, or some dire situation. With here, it's like she had a hunger. She had to satiate. Like, yeah. Eat. You're talking about the finger scene, huh? <laughs> the finger scene. So it, it starts with the the Brazilian wax, which is like an up-close shot. It's very uncomfortable. You already know, like, I'm not a woman, but I could already tell, like, that's got to be horrible, especially as a young girl who's never had it done before. Like, you're drunk with your sister. They just had, like, a moment on the the group they were trying to pee like men i thought that was great i was crossing my legs so hard during the bikini wax scene like yeah and it's i mean you could almost hear her ripping the wax off i mean and let me just say as a blanket statement waxing anything sucks like just i I won't get into any more detail than that but waxing anything sucks and this scene was like you could like hear it rip so then, yeah, it was an up close scene that, that, right? like it was right up, up there close, like the, yeah. the camera was right there and you're like, like I wasn't supposed to be seeing that <gasps> they were showing it to me and I was like no 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 and then she kicks out right and she kicks her sister's <laughs> finger into the scissor and is it bad that I laughed when that happened that I laughed well, it was really a little, like her reaction was like oh my god get away if it's my pussy yeah but then when she's like and she yeah. holds up her hand and it's gone and she, and she, she passes faints. out 
I'm sorry, but I thought that was hilarious. Maybe I'm messed up. In context, but... you realize later that like that girl's seen enough gore already. I feel like that she that, but it's her own body, so yeah, there's a lot of blood. So like she passes out. That scene, oh, the scene before that that really grossed me out. Right, just to cut back, was when her roommate catches her the first time. She's eating the raw chicken mm-hmm. in the mini fridge. Oh God! Now I work in the food industry. I've worked in the food industry for years, so like just to think that the idea of eating raw chicken is disgusting. All right, Jacqueline. Period. But just thinking about it on a. You want to hold off on trivia till the end on that one? Yeah, we or can. You want to tell yeah. us now. I'll tell you this one fact. I'll tell you this one piece of trivia, and because I, can I, I, you- I'm curious to hear this because that actually grossed what me. Was that made out of? I think it'll make you feel better to know that that was made out of sugar. (coughs) I don't know how, but it was some kind of sugary candy concoction made to look like raw chicken, some kind of gelatinous thing. Yeah, it looked Um, like it looked real. It did look. It's not like most movies would probably use like a steak. She would eat a raw steak, which seems better. To eat raw chicken, holy crap! Like that's. For some reason, it's so much worse. But um, but yeah, it was made out of sugar, and the actress said that doing that scene didn't like put her off of eating chicken in the future, but it did put her off of eating sweets. (laughs) That's probably really sweet. So I don't know if that makes you feel any better about that scene, but I thought that was pertinent trivia. Not really, because I still picture it in my <laughs> so, head. Yeah. She just takes this big bite out of like raw chicken. So, oh, the thing was was bad because you just get like you get the Brazilian wax, then you get the finger off, right? And then she picks it up. She's trying to put it on ice. She calls the police. She thinks of it. She goes towards the fridge. She sees the the dog licking the blood mm-hmm. on the floor and stuff like that. And then she starts licking the blood off the finger. And that's where my like cannibalism sort of taboo feeling starts kicking in. Wow. Well, well, like that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. It looks like she's eating a chicken wing. No, I actually felt like I I felt like Hydroberg did because it it was the way she started biting it, because the way she was biting the skin off. She was gnawing at it. Yeah, she was like, she wasn't. You know, There's not it, even that much it, it was, like meat on there. It was very gradual of how she was doing it. She was nibbling it. And, and then she gave into it, right? And, she and, started like, like, and her yeah, sister like got up. Wing and, night at the fucking pub. Yeah, and it was <laughs> like, like her sister looked at her like crying. Yeah, her sister eventually wakes up. That and scene then, is. Yeah, at the end of the movie, you realize like why she was crying. Is that she's just like her. That yeah. she's like, I have a hunger for flesh. She's also been like manhandled <laughs> her yeah. sister was just eating her finger yeah instead of saving it on ice well her sister did kind of manhandle her so maybe yeah, she thought it's like kind of she an did. even exchange so like then we get the hospital scene with the dad who says uh you know he said i feel like he probably starts seeing that like my daughters are you know the other one's just like the other the yep. first one yeah he, i it's think like i got the sense that he, he knows. has that talk he has that talk with her that's when he says yeah. when animals get a taste for blood they they never lose it so. yeah they're not safe to be around yeah this almost felt like a vampire movie too because it almost seemed like the blood was more important yeah. sometimes yeah i think i mean i think it all kind of goes goes together this movie has a good way of uh, focusing on the gore or the um the gross things in a way because it's shot realistically too i feel yeah. like it just all doesn't feel like an effect as much as like you know, real trauma. I, I felt a real curveball because it was like at the beginning of the movie, they said, if you hear the three uh, foghorns blow, 
that means that you're no longer rookies, that you're a part of us now. And so you mm-hmm. hear them. And one guy goes out there by himself and he's just looking around. And he's Is that what that was? Yeah. Like it, it was the they're all coming home from like a night of partying. Yeah. But it was the three horns blown and they're mm-hmm. all looking around. And this one guy's out there by himself. And I thought something was going to happen out there. No, everybody gathers out there and they're just all looking around. They look freaking frightened of, of what's going to happen. The reason I think they're looking around in that scene is because it's been announced that like the police have come because of the body of Adrian at that Uh, point. I feel like that's why everybody's outside because they cut out, they they don't show that buildup, but I got kind of got the sense that like, well, maybe the kids came out, maybe they did come out just for that alarm because of the, uh, they came out before, before that scene though. I sort of filled in the blanks and I thought that maybe, you know, because of Adrian's uh, death, like well, maybe yeah, all the students yeah. were evacuated. All the kids were already out there. And then we cut to the scene of, of Justine and Adrian in bed. And, you know, she's all happy and, you know, her, her, you know, like her thing is bleeding. She's got some blood on her mouth or whatever. And then she reaches down and feels blood and is like freaking out. And then you see half of his leg eaten off. That was an amazing effect. By the oh, way. Yeah, we God, skipped ahead, but that is a dope scene. How yeah. did they make that look so realistic? One of my favorite scenes of the movie. I can't begin to imagine. But that was um, that was just amazing effect work. Yeah, she like wakes up. She's got the her because we skip the sister and her have a fight after yeah. that recording of her trying yeah. to fight the corpse. As well, yeah. they should have a fight. Yeah, yeah, Adrian shows her the video. She gets so upset she confronts her sister. They fight, mm-hmm. and it becomes like a grappling match where they bite each other and like bleed. And like every everybody's kind of watching in like terror, like what's going on with these fucking sisters? They're fucked up. And that's when like yeah, she walks her away. They go back to Justine's uh, dorm room. So I I don't know. Like patches her up. Why do you guys feel like there's such a roller coaster ride of um, this relationship between the sisters? Like I still don't feel like I have a great handle on that. Like well, maybe it is there. John's right about. Alexa having the issue early on. I like I got the sense that she found out she had it later, but maybe she did have it when she was a kid. But it's just that, like it, like why is Alexa so antagonistic towards Justine at times? Like the very day that she arrives at vet school, Alexa was supposed to be there to, to meet the family and she just didn't show up. Well, like, you she can tell that her family, and, like the father has issues with Alexa. Yeah, like she's definitely rebellious. There's tension that you're not aware of, like, but you're, you know, they yeah. kind of let you know a little bit subtly. And then, like, Alexa, maybe her her role in the school now, socially, as you know, as well as, like, academically, maybe, like, she didn't want to show any weakness by being, like, super nice to her sister. So she wanted, she kind of bullied her a little bit because she's, like, the cool kid yeah, in school. So she didn't want to be like, hey, this is my little sister. And, like, if she's, like, corny or whatever, she's going to embarrass me. So I'm going to be, like, hard on her. To show you guys, like, yeah. I don't care if she's corny. Well, that's and why she, yeah, like, that's why she ate the two rabbit livers. I mean, she just yeah. she took yeah. them right away. It's like, but her sister did it, yeah, yeah. That that I can understand. I guess really, I'm just kind of sticking on the scene where she humiliated her by taunting her with the corpse. Like that is just so beyond that. that, that like, might be her way I can't of imagine her a sister. own issue. She has the same issue as her sister, and nobody was there for her. Maybe when she went through it, kind of like deflecting. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only thing I can touch so her way is just like kind of like bullying her sister or embarrassing her sister about the whole situation because 
nobody was there when she went through it. I think they were both extremely young, maybe not even a year apart. Um, I think it was a sibling rivalry where they just, you know, uh, Alex really loved her sister, Justine. And, you know, I, I think we saw that when she was in jail because she went to prison for killing Adrian and, you know, she flipped her off. And then show and her. she shows the other finger. Yeah, she's like this, and, yeah. and then like I'm missing a finger, like this. Mm-hmm. And her sister um, puts the cheek, yeah, the like window, and yeah. she kisses it. Yeah, and she's just like, I love my sister, and yeah. she. But you know that I, I guess it's showing age of, of being young. So like maybe, the scene where Adrian's death happens, right? And what's her name? Wakes Justine wakes up. She and then finds the hole in the back of Adrian's cha- uh, back. Yeah, and then finds a ski pole, right? The one that you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, which I didn't right. even realize was the same one. I yeah. didn't either. And she, a good catch. she finds her sister on the floor, sort of in a, a daze, like catatonic state, sort of playing video games. Playing video. Yeah, but you could tell she kind of just like dazed off. Like yeah, I don't even know if it was just her that ate Atrian, or did Justine eat it all as well? Because she does have blood around her mouth. <clears throat> I, I think, think it she was ha- just Alexis, but she doesn't remember really? it. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think she had some. Maybe. Maybe. It's unclear. But but then but like Justine she picks her sister up and washes her off. Her head, like she's gonna kill her. Yeah, they have some very she tender moments together. Yeah, I thought that was really poignant. Like she takes her back to the through the quad, through the students who see them with blood on them. So that's probably how they got busted. Yeah. yeah. Also. Yeah. And then like they take that shower together. She forces her in the shower to wash the blood off of her. Mm-hmm. Little sister taking care of the older sister. And I just thought that was like really poignant. Yeah. Also, the scene where Justine makes, uh, well, I don't know if she makes him, but Adrian and her and have sex, even though he's gay. Yeah. And then, like, he seems like a willing person. Very feral. There. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not oh, saying totally. she made him, but like, I don't know if like he's questioning, well, he, questioning his sexuality, I guess. And then, like, yeah, he doesn't well, like her. He yeah, likes he, her. He asked her a lot. He's like, oh, did that still turn you on? Or, you know. Yeah. So maybe he's like testing, like, should I test girls out? I'm in college. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He's obviously gay, though. Like, you know, he's yeah. gay. He, yeah. He he's, he's very gay. upfront about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, uh, they, I guess... they have that sex scene where she becomes feral during. Yeah. Her, she's know, very animal like. And then she bites herself during while she's like orgasming. And I just thought, like, that whole scene, like, the way it's shot and everything, where she's bleeding and he even sees it. It's like really, um, it's pretty graphic. It's like sticks with you. It's like, it's, you know, it was the a character, visual. What I noticed about that scene is the character of Adrian just kind of like, what did I just, like, he looks up to the ceiling, like, what did I just get myself into? And yeah. it, I don't think it was questioning. Instead of feeding on him, she bit herself. Yeah, it was like, like, like he was frightened. Like he yeah, because he said to her a couple times, he's like, "Stop it, stop it." Yeah, and yeah, she, she keeps she keeps going, from. but the, I think that's why she bites herself instead of him, so that she wouldn't yeah. like you know eat him. So maybe it's a cannibal zombie. Can- and he does uh, ask her like, "What vampire? are you into? Like, how far S and M and stuff like that? Like, what are you into?" Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Uh, anything else we got to hit on? Because I know we got to start wrapping this up for episode number one of a cut above horror review. I guess the last thing I want to say is that I feel like the ending it has kind of a, an enjoyable open-ended quality to it where the dad's like, oh, well, I'm sure you'll find a solution. And it's like, okay, this is something she's going right, to have to so, deal with for her whole life. You know? So the road that we saw in the beginning, right, was mm-hmm. the road on the way to college, right? It was like a small town or whatever, rural. Mm-hmm. Right. That accident that we see happen, that is Alexa 
feeding, right? And she makes that accident happen. That's the I same accident so. that Justine and Adrian see on their way in and out of town. Yeah, they want to go get a sandwich. Or I believe that's really, it's cut out of sequence, right? And they oh, show it to us in the beginning. That's what I also Later on, they show a different accident that she causes with her sister to show her. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. And yeah, she starts different. feeding on that guy's like fucking head injury or whatever. Ooh. Yeah, that's the one thing I wrote. Justine's wrote not ready to commit like that yet. Yeah. I have to say, that seems like a really inefficient way to get your food. Um, <laughs> like, well, she's it's trying not, to keep it, it a secret. But it's not sneaky at all. Like, you're causing a major accident that's going to draw the attention of police officers. And you can't even be sure that the people are going to die. And you can't they, even be sure you're not like, going to get hit. Somebody walked up to me and Yeah, you can't be sure you're not going to get hit. Right. Yeah, because it looked like she got hit at, when she was so, showing Justine how to yeah. do it, and it looked like she got ran the fuck over. Well, yeah, she and she's not like an Im- really hard. she's not immortal. She's not a vampire. Like yeah. she could she could definitely die. That's also, so we don't really know like what a... this does. It didn't like heal her wounds or anything. It's just like no, some no, kind no. of weird genetic thing that the family has in them. I don't know. I just thought this seemed like a really bad way to get your food. <laughs> it almost felt like a um, like a werewolf virus, but cannibalism in a way, like. Several people in the family have it. It wasn't passed through biting or anything. Like that, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that was a, uh, I, I'll wait till my review on what I have to say about that. Okay. All right. All right. So, we ready to rate this thing? Ready. All right. All Hyderberg, right. since it's your pick, you go first. All right. Um, I like this movie. I feel like it's expertly made. The cinematography and the sound design. They're really good. I like the um, just the aspect of like uh, every 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 like picture is just like really realistic looking. Like I feel like I was there with the with the characters. There was nothing that really took me out of the movie. Um, let me see here. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty cool like coming of age uh, story that mixes in like a cannibalism backstory to it. That like I feel like kind of turns that subject that subgenre on its ear. Like nothing's Never really seen anything that tackled cannibalism in this way, and um, it's definitely a, a, a genre that sort of gives me the uh, heebie-jeebies a little bit. So, mm-hmm. the emotion alone that this movie uh, elicits, I feel like, um, gives it some some bumps in the score. I thought the character of Justine is uh, masterfully played by the actress uh, Garance. I can't even say her last name. Marlera. Okay. I just feel like her character is really relatable. You know, like I just like, I'm not a young girl. I'm not French. I'm not in college, but I watch this movie. I'm there. Like I get it. You know, like she's fish out of water. She's a virgin. She's, she's not in touch with her sexuality yet. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know her interests. She's seems a little estranged from her sister at the moment. She's been away at school. Like she, everything's new to her. And like, you go on that ride with her. And I feel like it's, it's, definitely relatable by the time you get to the end i thought the body horror elements of this movie are really well done um the scenes that they linger on the gore in a way that doesn't like um it's not trying to play into the gore so much like oh here's the gore look at it look at it it's just like yes this is like uncomfortable and here it is in a realistic like sense like and you got to look at it for a minute and you know what? It makes you feel it's the subject matter is it's not hard to swallow. No, no. Uh-huh. Um, 
And one of the main reasons I picked this movie because I thought about it since I've seen it, since the first time I've seen it. This is only the second time I've seen it, and I feel like the second time definitely helps. It kind of raises the bar a little bit, I feel like, as far as the grade that I would give it. Like, it's a really well-made movie. Um, and I don't hear about it a lot. I feel like people should definitely give it a watch. Uh, so I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it 8.5 bites out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Okay, very good. I gotcha. John, what are your thoughts? How do you rate this movie? I can't disagree with any of that. You know, the, the, the a majority of the plot line was so well done. Like you said, it's not exploitative with with the uh, goal. No. Because it, it did that was not, the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's it doesn't linger on these shots. So you're, it's trying to shock you. It's just saying, hey, look at that. Boom. Your eyes, your eyebrows weighs up going, what the hell was that? Um, the biggest problem I had with this movie was the very end. The reveal was fantastic, but okay. So it's just these three that are cannibals or at the beginning, you kind of get this vibe that maybe there are cannibals at this veterinary school. Um, why this school? Um, why just one person? Um, and why is it a family affair of why you're can cannibalizing your family? Um, they obviously didn't with Adrian. Adrian was, was eaten up. Um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Justine had her muses of like, she went to the club and she was sniffing some guy's neck or, and the guy brushed her away and she was done with that. Um, or, uh, Alex. With that one dude in the weird makeout session. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it, that, he, that was he, the first she person she harmed. Yeah, she did bite his lip. But it reminded me of teeth a little bit too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit like that. But but also it was just a huge plot hole for me of why. Okay, so it's a family of cannibals, which was a great reveal at the end. I mean, it was just a nice build up to that. It was like okay, it was the two sisters and the mom, and the dad had to take this. It's a genetic issue. Yeah, but what did it have to do with the school? Because the school is an important part I don't of, think the, it, of the plot line. I think the school is just a setting that brought them together because, you know, they were an upper class family where uh, mom and dad, they went to this school. So, of course, their daughters went there. And, and that's what and that's what the dad explained at the end. You I know, don't. She never, she never had boyfriends. I was her friend. I don't get the feeling that there might have been other cannibals at this school, but I get like the scene where she's has her sister recorded trying to bite. I'm thinking maybe she doesn't, like nobody else realizes the context of that scene. Her and her sister know because they're personal. Right. They the yeah, I don't think anybody else knows. Everybody else just thinks she's so drunk. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is she doing? Her yeah. sister does know. However. But, but it still caused a problem with that. I mean, it's just like, like you have this buildup of, you know, why are you having these hungers and why are you at this school? Because it was so important for uh, the the parents for them to go to this school. So I mean, you know what I'm saying that it that it's like it's very specific. It's a very specific thing to just happen yeah. to happen. It's a, like the mom makes a comment at the beginning of the movie. It's like it's so it's so depleted now. Mm -hmm. Okay, why specifically here? I mean, there I'm sure there's a lot of other veterinary schools in France or um, wherever Denmark or wherever there. Uh. So, I don't know. Well, good one. <laughs> Uncensored Hydroburn. 
<laughs> this is the unrated version. <laughs> it is. Um, that's the only problem I had with the movie. So what I'm going to do is I, I'll wrap it up because everything else was great about it. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 bites. Jacqueline. Very nice. Yeah, I, I agree with all the positive stuff you guys had to say about it. I thought um, it was beautifully shot. Um, I was really impressed, especially considering this was the first film, the first feature film by this director. It was, right? Yeah, I think she'd done some shorts. You know, it's like we, you know, it's pretty typical to have some shorts under your belt, but this was her first feature. And I think um, she showed a lot of control over um, the story she wanted to tell and the kind of atmosphere and mood that ended up being created in the film. I, I have to agree with John about um, some things. Let me, let me back up. I guess I do feel that there are some things in the storyline that seem, that still after two viewings seem a little mysterious to me, or you know how I said earlier, there's a lot of showing and not much telling, which is I think generally a huge positive, but that being said, there are some things that, like we still don't really know for sure whether the sister has always had this affliction or whether this was something that she, that just sort of developed as she came of age, like it did with yeah. Justine. We don't know the specifics um, of how it works. And like, I'm okay with not knowing concrete answers to things sometimes, um, but it just seems like there were a few things that I felt like were the filmmaker attempting to like, say something and it, and it just didn't like fit or come together for me. Like a, a big deal was made of that scene with her professor who like wanted to, who was like, I don't care if you leave, I don't need you here. All you do is make other excellent students discouraged and not want to be vets. And it's like, why isn't he celebrating her excellence? Mm -hmm. um, it, I don't feel that that thread was continued throughout the whole movie. It seemed very isolated and I, wanted to see that developed more like how did that like what is the purpose of her being her at home yeah like what is i want to know more about like how she got to this place like her being kind of a prodigy and i wanted to understand more about the relationship with the sister and the family history and why there's so much tension there um especially with the dad and um and john i i knew i understood exactly what you're saying because the first time i watched this movie it took me a really long time to get a good handle on like who is a cannibal and like how do we know that and so for a while i actually was kind of considering the possibility that you mentioned before that was like okay are there is this something that happens to all the new students once they eat oh, that see, I never got that like, is this something, like, is everybody here becoming, and then, I mean, I kind of figured out because afterwards of the that that's not, yeah, but, but it's like, why would it specifically be these people? And then we find out, okay, it's genetic, but like, why? And also it does seem really unlikely that both parents and both daughters all go to not just the same university, but specifically vet school. Like everybody's there. That's the thing. I don't think it's just thing. a vet school. There's different acts, uh, elements of medicine because why would there be human cadavers there understood but i also bring up uh, so sorry, medical guys. school I, I, and in I know France, gotta, maybe they have them all combined i know we have to wrap this up but the thing is is that if you remember the story that the nurse told to justine when she was getting her cream she was talking oh, yeah the girl who's overweight talking, yeah she, she, she called her fat and she like but the point she made was is like you were the first person that didn't ask me about my weight and obviously she was going through the same thing that Justine was because she 
gave Justine the same exact advice of just go sit in the corner and be quiet and just wait it out. Yeah, but she didn't. It's a it's a similar situation. Right. She wasn't speaking on cannibalism, though. You know what I mean? Like it was a. But she gave her like, like, like I'm assuming that she got the same. Like my assumption was well, yeah. she got the same cream and she was in there for the exact same thing because that's what the nurse had mentioned. And the fact that she smoked in the in the freaking exam room, I smoked. I, never, I, I never everybody was that. smoking I in this movie. As a nurse, we, we, uh -huh. we are just student, talking about medical students, and we've just offended every French person who might ever listen to our. Show. I am so sorry. I love the French, especially the. We'll fries. do lots of French movies inside, yeah. and we'll do. Well, so yeah, so that scene felt significant, but it again, it's like another Martyrs. piece that feels significant, but wasn't necessarily attached to very much within the the thread of the storyline. So anyway, like, I, I don't need to yeah. like dwell on all the details too much, Sorry. but uh, but yeah, so just I felt like there were some pieces that maybe didn't all kind of fit seamlessly. I guess is the short way of saying what I was saying. Um, I've seen it twice now. To be honest with you, I don't know that I would watch it again. I would recommend it to other people for sure, but I kind of feel like I've had my fill of it. Um, I uh, I think it I think it was really really good for a first film, but I feel as though for me it was lacking some kind of magic that makes me like really just fall in love with the characters or feel like really feel myself in the characters like. I feel that way in Ginger Snaps, and it's it's I think an indescribable quality. I can't put my finger on it. I just didn't like totally connect in this movie. So I am gonna land on a six bites out of ten for this movie. Wow, still good, still good. It's still still above the halfway mark. It's still net positive, but um, I I don't think I loved it as much as as you did, HB. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a big congratulations. Our first episode <laughs> is done. And to you, too. Happy. <laughs> yeah, Happy. man. Thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, we've got our next pick would be the person to my right, Jacqueline. Yep. What are we picking? Do we know? Yep. So next week, uh, we will be reviewing the film The Night from early night, 2021. Right. It is a Persian film. And uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime for rent, I believe. Um, I don't know where else it might be streaming other than that, but I do know it's on Amazon Prime and it's called The Night. And so um, there might be like, other films. Like, like The Night from the medieval or? No, sorry. The, night as in like no, the opposite the of day. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Um, the Night as, as, if, as if we're wrapping the night up. <laughs> exactly. Obviously so, um, Go ahead. It, what's that? No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you, there's any confusion about the title or whatever, it is the one from uh, early 2021. Some places might say it's from 2020, but it's it's within the past year. So it should be pretty easy to find. It's on time. But yeah, it's, it's Persian. So look for that. Is there any hair coming out of people's mouth? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, damn it. I don't <laughs> want that to happen. <laughs> Well, I don't know. If, if I watch it before you, I'll give you a spoiler real quick and say, beware of hair. Be yeah, just look. Beware look, of hair. <laughs> look away at one hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a specific reason for choosing this film, but I'll talk about that when we get into it next week. Well, that hair it. scene is gnarly, though. It's the best hair scene we've watched so far on this podcast. Yes, it is. It's our first right? episode. We can say that, right? It's an accolade it's, right there. That's, that's true. Yeah. 
It's a first I, I wanna, uh, cut above. Go, oh yeah, we got while we're at it, guys. Yeah, here we go. Social <laughs> media, re, social media, real quick. Uh, Instagram, it's uh, a cut above dot horror underscore review. Come and All join right. us. I post our uh, our episodes up there, and we might be doing some live content soon. Yeah, Very cool. You can also follow us on Twitter. It is at cut above horror. And we are at a cut above horror review at Facebook. Just find us. I mean, we're ready to go. We're rocking and rolling. Appreciate everybody uh, following us already. Uh, Jacqueline Hydraberg, you guys have an awesome night. We're going to talk to you next week about the night, not the one with the sword, about the one that happens later in the day. (laughs) 